0: Welcome to my podcast, How To Parent Peacefully. Join me, Pamela Query, Certified Hand-in-Hand Parenting Instructor, as I share with you the secrets to parenting with connection, not control. If you're ready to enjoy raising your children by creating a peaceful home where kids want to cooperate and you keep your cool, you're in the right place. You'll be inspired to create a peaceful and playful home without resorting to threats or bribes so that you can create lifelong connected relationships with your kids and support them to be happy, confident and peaceful. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, This is episode 51. Um, And what I want to talk about today is, is it really possible is it realistic to parent without punishments and, and rewards? And of course, you know, if you don't have punishments and rewards, what can you do instead? So there's this common myth that amongst parent mainstream parenting that and society at large as well, that we have to reward good behaviour and we must punish or have consequences for bad behaviour in order to get our children to listen and cooperate and in order for them to grow up to be respectful, respectful. Uh, you know, uh what's the word? I don't just say on not on the opposite of ruling, raw, law-abiding <laughs> and rule-abiding uh citizens. So, but the thing is, I'm gonna talk about why um punishments and rewards are problematic in the parent-child relationship. And but just want to start with my own experience that I have parented for the past seven years without using rewards, without using punishments, without using consequences. Um, and you know, sometimes I slip back into old patterns. It's not hundred percent, but I, you know, I'd say it's about ninety percent, ninety five percent of the time. When I do come out with, you know, sometimes when I lose my cool and I, uh, I sort of invent some kind of a punishment for my daughter, she really calls me out on it. She's like, "What are you doing? You know, what's this about? I'm not, not, not tolerating this." So, generally speaking, we don't use rewards or consequences in, um, in our relationships, in my parenting, and the, the you know. My children are aged eleven and age seven now, and they are cooperative. They are caring individuals. They are respectful. Um you know, they want to help out around the house. They um brush their teeth happily. They have good table manners. Well, you know maybe that's not a good. <laughs> maybe that's not a good uh, example. they 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 do know how to have good table manners when when the situation demands it. Um, and you know, they're not perfect. And I'm not saying this to say, you know, all oh, my children are perfect. We all have our moments, we all have things that we struggle with. Um... And But the, I suppose the point is, is that uh, we can do, we don't need, parents have this fear that if we don't use rewards and punishments that our children um, will be, uh, that we won't be able to control their behaviour and the, um, the house will be chaotic and there'll be no listening and, and there'll be a lot of disrespect. And and I, I just want to reassure you that using this process for seven years, that that's certainly not the case. In fact, the opposite is the case. Um, and on top of that, my children are able to fully express their emotions and they cry and they laugh and they feel fully and they are kind and generous towards their friends, towards um, other members of their family. They're fun to be around. And the big thing is that they trust me and they, they trust the, this relationship that we have created. So they share with me when things go wrong. They share with me. They, they come and tell me their problems. They don't lie. They don't try to cover things up. They don't try to bottle things up. Um, and they, they, you know, they share with me when they need help so that then we can figure things out together in collaboration. Um, so I think that's that's huge. That's a really big thing and something that probably most of us didn't grow up with ourselves. And um, that we we learned that we couldn't come to our parents from fear of the consequences or fear of the reaction that they would have whenever things went wrong. So we um, covered things up and we held back and we didn't share uh what was really going on so um I think that and you know then we can't help and we can't support our children we don't know what's going on in their lives and that goes on that carries on into adult relationships as well that uh, our children uh that you know they you, you form this relationship dynamic that they don't they don't feel safe enough to share with you what's going on in their lives and then that continues into adulthood and you you're left at this surface level Uh, relationship, it doesn't really get into what's really going on, on an emotional level. Okay, so, um, and really just, let's get back to rewards and punishments, and um, what I think the key issue with them really is that it makes children really look outside of themselves for how to behave, so this extrinsic motivation, and I'll talk more about that as we go through, And really what we're wanting is we want our children to look within themselves, we want them to develop their own internal compass of what is right and what is wrong, how their actions affect others and not just how what they're doing affects impacts them and what might may or may not happen to them. and I mean, I do remember, I know this is for some of you, you might be on board with this concept. You might be you might be uh, aiming to achieve that. You might you might be there already. You might not use um, rewards and punishments. But I know that whenever I first heard about this concept when my daughter was quite young and um, this concept of parenting without rewards or punishments, I I, I just couldn't get my head around it. I just I just thought it was ridiculous. And um i just thought it was totally unachievable totally ridiculous I, like i didn't even think it was something to try and achieve i just it was so i was so ingrained in me that you need to reinforce good behavior and you need to punish bad behavior and that i just thought well there's no way it could be done and why why would you even want to parent in that way you know i was very much um traditional parenting i mean attachment parenting but very much had a, a traditional views of of how children learn to behave in the world so um you know so that's the thing my big thing was how do you how do you get your kids to listen then how how is it not total chaos in the house like what leverage do you have um as a parent if you can't you know hold some kind of a threat uh, over your child's head or you can't like use some kind of enticement to get them to do what you want them to do um so I'm going to talk about all of those things, I'm going to answer all those, uh, all those questions about um, about how this might work. Um, but, and, but I just want to say um, that I really never underestimate the ability of parents to shift perspective, uh, to move from what seems impossible to really move to the possible, because I was there, I was in that impossible place, like this can never work. And now I fully embraced it and I'm living it and I'm experiencing it and it's been so enriching to my parenting. So, um, and you know, this is the thing that something, and it, maybe even this episode might just plant a little seed in your consciousness because that's what happened to me. I had these little seeds planted. and um, but something about this this idea of no punishments, no rewards, something about it took hold. something, um, I find it, I found it intriguing. Something about it was intriguing to me um so I invite you to come at it from that place if there's any little bit of curiosity or any little bit of really you know if it's a little crack in the door that you might I invite you I invite you in for a few minutes you can always leave again and close the door behind you if you want to um but you know what if what if we didn't need to use threats or bribes um and uh, What if we didn't need to take things away from our kids in order to teach them how to behave? Uh, And for many of us, you know, it it already maybe feels intuitively wrong, um, but we don't know what else to do about it. And, you know, I knew myself intuitively, I knew I would never use timeouts with my kids. And the thought of it just gave me such a pain in my heart. I just couldn't think about it, couldn't even imagine doing that to my children. Um, you know I have my own vivid memories of being sent to sit out on our back step as a child and you know it's very painful memories for me and I've worked on that pain over and over in my listening partnerships and in lots of other healing work that I've done and that has softened but you know so I know the impact of it from a felt experience so that's why I am uh, I am I was always really definite that I wasn't going to use timeouts or naughty step as a as a discipline technique and I mean, the thing is, my own mum, she was doing her best with four kids. And, you know, she was coming from a very different place. And when she became a parent, she told me she she swore to herself that she would never use physical punishment like her own mum did. Um, and in the 80s, timeouts were actually very progressive. And I'm so thankful that it wasn't the wooden spoon, which was very much the, the norm in Ireland in the 1980s. Um, and you know, so I, I'm really thankful to my mum that she took that big step forward. In her own parenting. And you know, maybe that step that she took, maybe that was what planted the seed for me to uh ditch the punishments altogether. She took a step forward and she handed the bat on to me, and I took the next step forward. So I'm so thankful for her um uh, for that. So thankful to her for that. So um, and that's the thing. So, you know, but you know, we we often this idea of of discipline and of punishments, often the word discipline and the, the word punishments get uh, interchangeable really. and so that whenever we um, whenever we think of discipline, it's really synonymous with harshness and disconnection. We have bad associations with being disciplined as a, as a child. It was a very negative thing. Um, and the thing is it is the, the word discipline means to teach. It comes from the word disciple and to teach um but it's it's totally possible to discipline i.e teach our children without punishments and without rewards so i'm not saying that there should be no discipline whatsoever um but you know we our role as parents is to to guide our children and to teach them and to help them and all of those things are discipline in my mind but um, you know, punishments are something else, like that punishments. So I just want to be really clear that when I'm talking about punishments and rewards, I'm not talking about discipline. Discipline is is for me is separate from that, but they often just get mushed together. This idea of punishments and discipline, it's the same thing. Um, okay. So and. So punishments can look kind of two ways, I think. There's sort of overlap here, but punishment can either be, you know, where we're doing something to our children. So uh, we are maybe scolding them. We are shouting at them. Maybe we lose our temper. um, And we are sending them to their room. um, We're doing something like that. Or it can also be when we actually take something away from our children. So we could be taking away... um, canceling a trip to the park. We're not going to the park anymore. Your behavior's been too bad. And um, you could cancel a, a play date. You might take away a, you know, a, a treasured toy. Um, and then also actually that sending to the room is is taking something away as well. If we if we send them to time out or send them to their bedroom to um, think about what they did. That what we're doing there is we are withdrawing our love. We're withdrawing our attention and our presence and uh, if you've listened to some of my other podcast episodes, you'll know that that idea, like our connection, our love and attention, is really vital to our children's survival. That their emotional brains are really wired for the, to be in connection with us. So whenever we threaten, our withdrawal of our love, or actually um, see that through is separating our child from us because of what they've done, because of what, what because of their behaviour then um, that leads to even more disconnection that leads to an emotional emergency on our children's brain and they literally can't think and they can't control their behavior they don't have any impulse control, they lose all sense of judgment. And of course it damages the, the relationship that we have with them as well. Um, and. That's why I find it so upsetting, you know, watching the super nanny and there's even really small children. She's saying, you know, one minute for every year that they need to be, they need to be um, removed from the situation and put on the naughty step or, or separated from their parents. To you, know, to think about it, and that's really, you know, if you think of a two-year-old or a three-year-old, like three minutes being separated from um, a parent like that, forcefully separated, and that withdrawal of love and approval is extremely frightening for a child. And um, you know, th- th- it just leads to more disconnection, more difficult behavior. Um, and, you know, long, and across the long-term as well, behavior is only going to get worse whenever they know that, that they can't rely on you and you aren't there to help them and you um, enter into this conflict with your child. Um, and you've also introduced all the shame and pain into these interactions. So that means that over time, their behavior is only going to deteriorate more. Um, so, but thankfully, you know, over the generations, punishments have certainly gone more out of fashion. I mean, I know in my primary school where they've certainly got milder, less harsh, I suppose. And I remember being in primary school in the 1980s in Northern Ireland, and there was still physical punishment. Uh, Regularly, the teachers used the belt and the cane. Now, it was usually the boys got it much more, but I remember being caned in school. And that is completely abhorrent now, uh, but that was the norm back then so I'm really glad that this is shifting and also you know I've had friends joke to me about about the wooden spoon and the use of the wooden spoon in the 1980s when, when we were all raised and it was so normal fortunately not it wasn't normal for me and my family but I remember one friend telling me about how her mum kept a wooden spoon close by whenever she was driving in the car and the kids would be the three kids would be in the back and um, she would take the opportunity at the traffic lights to turn around and like have a go at them with the wooden spoon I don't know if she threatened them or actually you know I think she did actually see it through and you know if somebody was playing up in the back seat she would lean around with the wooden spoon and you know we remember you know at the time sort of we were all laughing about this but I think it's so normalized that actually when you think about it now it's it's, that is actually very serious it's horrendous treat (laughs) way to treat children and I know that this this mother was doing her best as well um, and that was that was a sign of the times really but if you think now about can you imagine somebody treating your own child like that, it would just wouldn't be tolerated. And, you know, thankfully now, I don't think where well, anyway, the networks that I'm in is certainly not um, socially acceptable now. And many countries around the world hitting children is illegal. I know it's not everywhere. Um, and, and I know in, in some in some countries it is a lot more socially acceptable to use quite harsh Quite strong physical punishment on children but the tide is, is certainly bringing us in the direction of that kind of those kind of harsh physical punishments being um uh no longer acceptable so there's definitely a move away from punishments in culture in general which is a good thing so, but let's look a little bit more about what the problems are with punishments why should we Uh, And, you know, the move has maybe been more away from physical punishment, but there's all those other types of punishment, withdrawing our love and scolding, stern words, shouting at our children, those kind of things. And I know sometimes shouting is involuntary. We all lose our temper and shout and it's not an an intentional punishment, but many other punishments are intentional, grinding children, taking away their screen time those type of things. And I get it. your parents often do that out of desperation. They don't know what else to do or how else to manage the behavior. So there's no judgment here is if that is something that you have relied on and continue to rely on in your, in your parenting. So I invite you to be so gentle with yourself if that is the case. Um, and, you know, I hope my, I hope that it is, it brings hope to you that there might be another way. Uh, but I totally get it. If, if, and often parents we don't have enough support so we fall back on these old parenting ways that we intuitively know aren't right for us but we don't have the support to do things differently so i know that's a really really hard place to be so it's not my intention with this um with 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 what i'm talking about today to make anybody feel guilty because i know that each of us is doing the very very best we can with the very very best we can in our parenting okay so let's let me talk though about um, what the problem is with punishments. Um, so what's happening is we're giving a really strong message to our children that when you are struggling, when things get tough, I'm not there to help you. You, you lose my love, you lose my approval. Um, I'm not here to help you when you're having a hard time. I'm only interested in you or you only get my approval when things are going well. And you have to behave in a certain way to get my love and get my approval. So, and and this is very much what that is, is conditional, conditional love, conditional parenting. Um, uh, Instead of what children need to thrive is this sense of unconditional love. And, you know, we say to children uh, and we think to ourselves, you know, I love my child unconditionally, there's nothing that they could do that i wouldn't love them but we can often be sending a different message to our children off like if you don't behave like this i re- i withdraw my love that's how they perceive it even though we still love them of course we still love them but they're receiving this message that um your love for me is dependent on how i behave and when it gets tough you're not you know you you withdraw that love and of course this the big problem with this is that it erodes the parent child relationship And the parent-child relationship is the very thing that you have in your favor in order to build cooperation and build a lasting relationship with your child. It's like the more you can invest in that parent-child relationship, the more cooperation there will be and the easier things will be. So whenever you are eroding that relationship and eroding the trust and the safety in the relationship, then that is going to lead to um, more difficult behavior down the line. And especially that's the thing about punishments as well, that they work when children are very young, but the older children get, the less impact they have. If you think of a teenager and you're telling you're trying to punish a teenager and at some point they're just going to turn around and go, I don't care what you say, I'm doing this anyway. So you've lost everything, you've got nothing then, you've got nothing. Like once those punishments stops working, you've got nothing and the, it's like the floor falls out from below you. And you don't have that strong bond and that's that trust and that strong parent-child relationship to carry you through. You're left with, pardon me, you're left with nothing. So that's why it's really important, though it seems like uh, an easy thing to do when our children are young. You know, we can, you know, that that uh, you know, with toddlers, you see parents who are counting to three. And, you know, of course, I get it. You just want your child to do whatever it is you need them to do. Um, But straight away, you're eroding that parent-child relationship. And what you want to do in the toddler years and in the early years of parenting is really um, figure out what works and really figure out how you can continually strengthen the parent-child relationship so that whenever they get to the teenage years, you've got something to fall back on. You've got that trust built up. You've got that strong relationship. Your child will, um, will listen to you because... Uh, they respect you and and they are invested in this relationship okay so um and then so that that's the and and keep that in mind as we talk about this this next bit that uh whenever we use punishments it's so often i see this so much that what it's doing is it's teaching children how not to get caught instead of teaching them That they can come to you when things go wrong and you will back them up and you will support them i remember my daughter spilling like you know we have a rule um you know not we don't eat we don't eat, we don't eat upstairs that's you know whenever we're having food we have it downstairs like sometimes we have exceptions we sometimes have breakfast in bed and things like that but our general rule is that you know we don't eat anything upstairs in our house um and one day, my daughter was eating a bowl of Cheerios upstairs in her room. And that's something, you know, that uh, she knows she, she's not meant to do. We've agreed on that. And she spilt the bowl of Cheerios down the wall, uh, into the carpet. There's a big pile of Cheerios and milk down the wall and soaked into the, car, into the carpet. And that's exactly why we have that rule, obviously. And she was there with a few of her friends as well. And she... Um, jumped up she ran down the stairs and came in to me said mom I've spilled my cereal down the wall and I um, of course I was like the first thing that entered my head was oh my god you know I I, you're not meant to eat upstairs I've told you so many times you're not meant to eat upstairs Uh, but I was able to pause before I said anything and you know I just have this mantra in my head you know don't overreact this this is a this how you react that split second how you you react in that moment is so essential it's like a rehearsal for the next time that something goes wrong and and you know because if you overreact and if you uh get cross or angry with your child in that moment then the next time they just won't tell you because they're afraid So I was able just to pause and go, great, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting me know, let's get it sorted out. We came back upstairs and we sorted out, I brought a cloth and I brought the dustpan and I um, bit my tongue as I was like peeling (laughs) Cheerios off the carpet and her friends were all sitting there going, and they said, I heard them whispering and going, you told your mom. So, um, you know, their experience and I'm, you know, I can't, I, I can't surmise completely, but, and possibly they were afraid that their parents might have had a different reaction and that it would have been best in that moment just to cover it up and to not actually tell anybody so but where does that get you you know that's a small thing when my daughter has happened a few years back my daughter must have been about nine or something and you know what's like what's the point in in you know as my daughter gets older then other bigger things are going to happen. What if she gets in trouble? And I think of the kinds of trouble that, you know, I got into as a teenager. And I think, well, um, you know, I I would much prefer she could come to me with that. So I have to temper my reaction in that moment. Um because otherwise the kids will learn really fast. They'll learn how not to get caught. They'll learn how to cover it up. They'll learn that's a safer strategy. And actually coming to you so you need to ask yourself do, do i value what do i value more do i want my child to come to me when they're struggling or do i you know want them to cover things up and 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 hide things from me and not get caught so um yeah so that's a that that was an interesting one so what else about punishments what else do they what what are the other problems with them yes so children feel a really strong sense of injustice when they're punished uh, because if you take the time to actually ask a child what's going on for them in the moment, then um, there is actually a really good, there's always a really good reason for um, why they did this thing. It made sense to them in the moment they were doing their best in the moment and often they have this really they have this really strong sense of justice in the moment if we can pause enough just to actually find out and in the heat of the moment it's not the time to to find out um afterwards is is a better time like, for example, if um if my my daughter has frequently. um. Th- pushed or shoved or hit her little brother. And when I talked to her about it afterwards, you know, she has this real valid reason, you know, he'd said this and he did this, or I was annoyed about this. And in the moment it made sense. And that's not saying we let our kids away with it. And you know, with that, I should go back to that incident with the cereal down the wall. You know, afterwards I talked to my daughter. Whenever everything was cleared up and everything was calmed down and and a bit later on, I brought it up to her and I said, right, so you see the cereal bowl thing. And before I even said anything else, my daughter's like, yeah, I know, mom, you know, I'm not meant to eat upstairs. And I said, you know, that, and I said, the only reason I have that rule is because milk in the carpet is a bit gross and it gets smelly. And she was like, I totally get it, mom. And um, so that was a better time to make my point. And, and she did know and she had a lapse of judgment, but she's learned from that. She's learned um, without the fear and the shame and everything going in. So she can actually make sense of that experience. And the same goes. We of course, we don't want our children to. it's not about letting them away with it or uh saying it's okay to hit your little brother but i think it's just important to to know that even if that that sense of justice is misguided in our children they feel it really really strongly in that moment so whenever we punish them for what they've done and they they see it as a huge injustice and we've lost that moment of connection we've lost that moment of understanding their experience and then we've lost the um, our ability to guide them and to help them learn from that experience. Whenever the punishment comes in, closes off all kind of any kind of um, dialogue or any kind of understanding after that. And I always remember this story that my dad uh, told me uh, about his own childhood. And he said that his his own dad was it was he had a very close relationship with his own dad. But he said one day there was a, a fight in the garden and um, a neighbor. I think a neighbor got into a fight with my dad's brother, and my dad decided he had to stick up for his brother. And he was he felt that it was really wrong what this other boy did, so he went over and pushed the other boy, and the other boy got hurt. And whenever my dad's dad, sat, my granddad, heard about this, he felt it was his duty. He felt he had to do it out of a you know a sense of I need to teach you know my son has has acted out of line and I need to teach him. And he said that was the only time his dad ever beat him. Um, and my dad like when he told me it, it was so animated of just saying you know that the injustice the sense of injustice that was done he goes he never asked me why I did it and I really had felt like in that moment I had to stick up for my brother and what this other boy did was wrong and nobody went to him and nobody sorted that out so I got a real strong sense from my dad about just the injustice that stayed with him like you know this is like 70 years later and this has stayed with him this sense of injustice um, and that, that he wasn't nobody nobody took the time to understand why it was he did this thing so we missed that whole learning opportunity there in that moment you know um his dad could have talked to him about um you know how you know what would be a better way of sorting this out like maybe you could come to me and talk to me about it and I'll sort it out and you know whatever it might be in the moment and you've lost that teaching moment okay so and so something else that I always hear from people is that you know, I hear the thing that kids need to learn there are consequences for their actions. If they don't learn that there are consequences for their actions, then they will just, uh, you know, steamroll through life with complete disregard, and a complete lack of respect for everybody around them. Um, but the thing about using punishments in order, and I agree, you know, children do need, and they do learn that there are consequences for their actions, but if we use punishments to actually highlight that to children, is what that shows really is that um, the the consequence to our child is very much personal. So if, you know, if I hit my brother, I lose my screen time. It makes it very individual, like what's in it for me or what am I going to lose from this? Um, And I think that just shuts down so much. and, And instead of actually being able to help a child see that um their actions and their behavior actually has an impact on other people in the household. Like suddenly they feel the injustice all about me and what I had to give up and what I lost. Um. so I think it actually brings it into a very selfish sort of focus for a child whenever they are punished, rather than um. whenever we go with the attitude of, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm not going to let you uh, hurt your little brother. Uh, and we support our children with any big emotions around that. Um, without blaming them or shaming them and then you know afterwards we can talk to them about the impact that had on their little brother or whatever it might be so it keeps the conversation much more open and focused on others and not just focusing on ourselves okay so i i think that um those are the issues that i have with consequences punishments um and so and you know i i like I said I have raised my own kids without punishments as much as I possibly can uh, apart from the times when I have become triggered and fallen into the old patterns of being stern and telling them off and you know so this is very much a practice it's not like you just decide one day not to ever use punishments when you're brought up with that system it takes time and practice and effort and consciousness to actually move out of it and you know you've drop back into it and you move away from it again and you notice the difference and you know so we don't have to be perfect about this so um and okay so let's let's talk then about the the flip side of punishments is really is the rewards and like i said i i feel like the tide has turned and we're moving away we see that we we are seeing more and more our parents are recognizing more and more that punishments aren't that Helpful for children, in fact, they can be really damaging to children, really damaging to that parent child relationship. So um, the focus has has certainly shifted towards this kind of positive parenting movement and towards rewarding good behavior instead. The thing is that we're still very much in this behaviorist model of rewards and punishments. Um, So um, so what does what's the issue? What what issue do I have then with um rewards? So I'll try and make my case for rewards now as well. So um, and that can look like different things. It can look like it's often called positive reinforcement. So we reinforce the good behavior with you know with rewards. Um, it can be praising good behavior, it can be reward charts or some kind of reward, reward systems that you often see in school of giving like um points or um smiley faces or a sticker at the end of the day for those who behave in certain ways. And it's also might look like bribing kids to do something that we want them to do. So that that could be, you know, I'll give you ice cream if you eat up all your dinner. I'll give you um, a bag of crisps if you get into the car and stop arguing with me. I'll let you watch screens if you'll eat your breakfast and get your shoes on. You know those kind of systems of bribery um as well and i get it like i've been there too of just out of pure desperation you're thinking you know what else can i do in this moment i just need to get things to shift um and you know full permission to do that whenever you're in a tight spot and um, you, you know, the alternative is you lo- completely losing your temper with your child and doing things that you'll later regret. I think it's better to use like some kind of enticement or reward if it gets you out of a, a sticky situation, but not as your go-to strategy, not as the thing that you use as your main behavioral strategy. I think you can really run into problems then. Um, so what, what do I have against the, the, these systems of, of rewards? Um because i mean i just think it's like the flip side of punishments that what we're using is we're using our power over our children to actually um manipulate their behavior really and to try and control their behavior uh children have i've mentioned before children have this really strong sense of justice they they want uh you know they're sovereign beings and they don't like to be manipulated um adults are exactly the same whenever we feel that somebody's controlling us or trying to manipulate our behavior we um we really, uh, we really resist that, and children are exactly the same. They they have that strong sense of justice, and they don't they don't like that feeling of somebody trying to manipulate that in any way. So, um, and the thing is that rewards really play into this extrinsic motivation as well. What we really want for our children is for them to have their own internal compass, their own intrinsic motivation. And rewards certainly gives this um gives children this idea of extrinsic motivation, like what do I get out of this? Uh I need to look outside of myself um, instead of looking within, you know, um what's in it for me? Uh and th- there's there's many issues with that. Whenever children look outside of themselves, the well, one thing is that the reward has to keep getting bigger and bigger in order to motivate them in the same way. And there's been lots of, there's been lots of research studies in both children and adults, um, that the, the, that, that the children and adults, they both alike, they both lose motivation when they are rewarded for their behavior. And I have, uh, I have an example of this with my daughter going to her gymnastics class recently. And, um, the, the, the coach suggested that they all go away and that she showed them the stretches, you know, that they all were working on and um, being able to do the splits. And what they. and my daughter loves gymnastics and she would love to be able to do the splits, you know, to see her. She loves every time she progresses at her gymnastics, she really enjoys that. Um, and she would love to be able to do the the splits. But the, what the coach said though next was whoever can do the splits next week gets a bag of sweets so suddenly this motivation went from my daughter wanting to do this for herself and her own progress to wanting to do it to get something external to get this bag of sweets so my my daughter sort of half-heartedly did the the stretch and did the stretching exercise the other thing is that she said well I there's other girls in the class that are much closer to that I'm never going to be able to achieve that so now she's comparing herself to others instead of the teacher saying you know each of you um work on you know everybody's at a different stage this is about working towards it and encouraging them just to go at their own rate and trust their own bodies and listen to their bodies um and then instead uh oh yeah so then we come to the end of the week and they go to gymnastics again and, and my daughter comes home and and no actually I think it was like into the following week somebody else not her got the bag of sweets and then dur- the next week I said oh you've made really good progress with your stretches will we do some more stretches this week and see if you can get closer to doing the splits? And she was like, straight away, she was like, no, I, the bag of sweets has been given away now, so there's no point in me doing it. And she had completely lost any kind of internal sense of wanting to do it, when that had been a goal of hers beforehand. And I was just like, oh no, that's such a shame um, that that is the outcome. And so it's it's very, very potent, this idea of the external motivation. um, And children becoming... You know, so what you're doing is children are more interested in this outcome and the reward at the end of it, rather than actually just doing it for themselves. So, um, And then part of this reward system is uh, praising our children and using phrases like, you know, good job, or I'm so proud of you for for doing that, or I'm so proud of for you helping and for you helping. Um, and I mean, I think there's a whole other podcast episode all about praise that I might do at some point, but this very much teaches children that they must act in a certain way to earn approval so very similar um to the punishments and that's why they're the kind of two sides of the same coin that um that children we're, we're telling our children that they must act a certain way for to to earn our to earn our love so our love is very much conditional and transactional instead of this idea of un, unconditional love that we want to give to them um and you know this really plays out into adulthood and A good illustration of that is a client recently told me that her parents praised her a lot. There was a lot of praise and, you know, her parents were meaning the best and doing the best and really wanted to encourage their daughter. And it came from a really good place. But she, um, you know, her parents praised her a lot as a child. And she told me that now still as an adult, she is a people pleaser and she has lost sight. You know, she isn't sure of her own preferences and what she her own um motivation because her motivation as a child was praise you know that's what she 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 did things to get the praise she didn't do things because it was felt right to her because it's what she wanted or needed in that moment she was doing it for this um external praise and this this um and probably the attention as well of her parents positive attention um and so as a result she's lost sight of herself at some point along the way she's working really hard to reclaim that So I think that's a really good example of how this can play out as our children get older. Okay, so that's um, that's some of the issues I have around rewards. So what can we do instead if we don't have rewards and punishments? If that isn't available to us, Um, it can feel quite scary for um, parents. Uh, and what we do have and the only thing that will uh that will work I suppose in terms of in terms of guiding our children and teaching them and and building cooperation is by focusing on this parent-child relationship and so that's the most reliable way to bring more cooperation to bring more harmony to your family so um And, you know, the glue of that parent-child relationship is connection. So the more we can do in just small moments to connect with our children every single day, to respond to them in those difficult moments with connection instead of punishment or instead of, uh, you know, instead of rewarding or bribing. um, If we keep the focus always on connection of how can I help you with this instead of like, what have you done wrong? You know, being disappointed in them is always like trying to understand where they're coming from. I'm always giving them that message that you're there to support them. So, you know, your focus is very much on understanding why, you know, why is your child behaving in these difficult ways? Why is this behavior challenging for them? And when, whenever we start to look um, underneath the behavior, when we get be- beneath the behavior and really st- what that does is we, it really helps us to look at the emotions underneath. And we start taking children's emotional world into account. Um, so, Instead of just seeing it as bad behavior that must be shut down and punished, then we can really look and go, what's going on there? Let me understand what's happening for my child in this moment. Is something stressful going on for them? Is there something stressful going on for me as a parent that I'm not able to, suddenly I'm not patient and I'm not able to tolerate this or I'm not able to help my child with this? Is there something going on for me? Or it's something going on for your child that, um, you know, is that why things are difficult? Is there something happening at school? Is school a stressful environment that, that, you know, that, that, is this why their behavior has gotten difficult? Um, So that can really, really help to actually just look beyond the behavior and really get this deep sort of understanding of, of what's driving the behavior um, and how you can support your child emotionally. Another thing that whenever we... Step outside of this punishment and reward system and um, it can it pushes us in, in or invites us in this direction to start looking at like how can i because now we can't force our children to do what we want we can't use the power over we can't control their behavior so we have to rely on this parent-child relationship more so so and it, it you know it invites you to ask these questions like you know how can i collaborate with my child how can i take into account what they really need in this situation how can I give them more control? How can we agree this together? Um, and so often it's possible to find a middle ground, um, and that will really bring you closer in the uh, in the parent child relationship as well. So instead of just deciding like this is how it is, um, you know, you can talk to your child and explain to them, you know, okay, so you know when you eat upstairs, I'm really worried about the the carpet getting uh, food all over it and things getting spilled. So, you know, what can we actually do about that? Um, I get that you want your to be there with your friends. You know, how can we work around that? So it opens up a conversation. And whenever we actually involve children in the in the conversation, uh, it gives them that sense of control. And also, children are extremely creative and they come up with these great ideas and great solutions. Now we won't always be able to honor that, but I think the more we can listen to our children and they get this sense of collaboration, then um the easier it is for them to take on board our side of things when we've actually listened to their side of things as well. So that can really build cooperation. Another tool that's really important. And I have other podcast episodes on that is using play to build cooperation. So instead of scolding, instead of stern, you know, using stern words and you, you know, you're, you know, you're not meant to do that uh, whenever they're like jumping off the sofa and, you know, doing something dangerous like that. Instead, we can, we can, notice okay they've got this need for fun and adventure and play like let me join let me join them in that so instead of trying to shut that down say okay let's let's go upstairs and have a wrestle on the bed where we're not going to knock over anything so we can set limits with play we can be playful in our interactions and that can make a huge difference as well um another another one another example of that is around tidying up i hear so much from parents you know how can i make my child um tidy up um and instead of enforcing these rules or instead of using punishments or consequences or instead of bribing them to tidy up we can just join them with it with you know join them in tidying up collaborate with them uh, find a, a funny song to sing while we do it together invite them in and whenever you are bringing energy and connection and fun into the equation your child will want to join in will want to be part of that they're not going to go and do something else when you are there having all the fun tidying up they're going to be right in the middle of it And then we can do it without, without, uh, without punishing, without losing our temper and getting in tying ourselves in knots over it. And really at the heart of all of that is deeply trusting our children. So deeply trusting your child and trusting yourself as well, that whenever you model this type of respect, Um, And you have a culture in your family of everyone helping each other out and everybody seeing the best um, in each other and forgiving and repairing when things go wrong. Then um, that, you know, you will cultivate this deep sense of trust that your child will grow up to be respectful and will grow up to be helpful to others and to be kind and generous whenever you are modeling those things in your relationships yourself. It's inevitable that your children are going to model that same type of behavior. Um, and that way your child will, growing up, will, will grow up knowing that no matter what they get wrong, you'll be there to help them through it. They don't need to fear your punishment or your disapproval or um, you know, the removal of your attention or your love um, whenever they mess up. And I think that's the most very most important thing, that they will be able to go to you for help. They won't be alone with it. And um, they know that you've got that you've got their back, that you will see the goodness in them, that you will understand that no matter what happened or what went wrong, you know, that they were doing their best and you are going to help them get out of it. And, you know, that really opens up the conversation for a lot more learning um, and a lot more support and guidance from you. Uh, So, yeah, a lot more discipline, really, than shutting it all down with the punishment, shutting it down with fear and shame. Okay, so I think that's all I won't need to say about this. I, um, there's a lot more to say than what I thought, and this is a podcast I've been meaning to do for quite some time. Um, and this is—it's very much the focus of what we work on in my peaceful parents school. If you're listening to this, and if it's—if—if if it's made you curious, made you think, you know, is this something I can achieve? Um, I have to say, the best way to achieve it is to be surrounded with other parents who are trying to to move in that direction as well, and to have really good support to help you actually make this a reality, and to help you put these um, to help you put these ideas in place to actually build cooperation through the parent-child relationship instead of relying on the power over and the control-based parenting that so many of us were parented with. We have to unravel that, and we have to learn new ways. actually relating to our children so the best way in my mind to do that is to get really good support with it so if you want to find out about my peaceful parent school click on the link in the show notes and uh take it from there so thank you so much for listening i'll talk to you again soon would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent, then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com, or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time.